we'll be looking at JSON Web Tokens, which is a great way to securely communicate with your Rails API. So the idea behind the JWT, or some pronounce it JWT, communication is the browser will first send a request to the server, so it will send a post request providing the username and password. The server will respond with a JSON Web Token. The browser can then subsequently send more requests to the server, passing in that token in the authorization header. The server will then verify that the signature is correct, and then send the response to the client. And the anatomy of the JSON Web Token is consists of three parts, where you have the header, you have the payload, and then you have the signature. And to set up our Rails API application with the JSON Web Tokens, we're going to use the gem knock. Knock is an authentication solution for a Rails API only application based on JSON Web Tokens. And one of the requirements of the Knock gem is to have a authenticate method similar to the one provided by HasSecurePassword. So to get started, we'll add gem knock to our gem file. Be sure to run bundle and restart your Rails application. And then we can run the generator for knock, which will install the configuration file. And then we can also generate the knock token controller. And then you'll need to pass in your model. In our case, we want to authenticate against the user. And this will create a token controller for us, and then also the route to that token controller. Next, let's go under our config initializers directory and look at the file that was generated by our generator, the knock.rb file. And with this configuration file, you can set different things like the lifetime of the token, the audience claim, the different type of algorithm that you can use, and then you can set the signature key, which it defaults to your secrets YAML files, secret key base. And then let's have a look at our user token controller that was generated, and you'll see that it inherits from the knock authn token controller. And the knock auth token controller has a public action create, and that's what we have set in our routes. And the before action authenticate, it'll go through its process of verifying that the entity or our user is present and it can authenticate on the passed in password. If your Rails application also has a web front end, and if you're currently using something like device to authenticate your users, then there is a workaround because Knock is not intentionally designed to work with device. However, there are a few things that you can do to get it to work, and it works fairly well. So the first thing in our API controller, we're going to add in the include knock authenticatable. Then we're going to set a undefined method or undef method to our current user. We can then create an alias method for authenticate and set that to the valid password. And we need to do this because the knock gem does require the authenticate method. And if you remember from looking at the auth token controller, it was trying to validate the password. So in our case, because we are using the device gem, we can pass in valid password instead. And then you also need to create a response to the from token payload, passing in the payload in order for the authentication and the knock gem to work properly with device. And then in our API users controller, we can set the authenticate user as a before action. So for each one of our actions, it will then check that the user is authenticated. So if we test this out, sending a post request to our user token endpoint, and we'll set the content type header to the application JSON, 
and then we'll pass in our payload, which it's a nested hash of the auth and then passing in the email and the password. In our first case, we'll pass in the password and we would expect this to return a 404 not found. And that is because our default knock settings are set to call the active record record not found exception if no user is found. You could set this to a custom helper that would then respond to a 401 unauthorized if the user was not found. So we'll hit send and then we get our 404. If we change this to the correct password, we would then expect the response to be a OK and then give us our JSON web token. So you can see at the bottom here, our response, we have our JSON web token and it does conform to the standard where you have your header, your payload, and then the signature. So we're going to copy our JSON web token and then we're going to make another request. And in this case, we're going to request ourself. So first we'll set our endpoint in this case, I want to call my own self user, and that's just at the endpoint users forward slash one. We'll set it to a get request. And then in our header, we'll set the authorization to the JSON web token, and then we'll pass in the token that we had received from the previous request. If we hit submit, you'll see that we get back our user. And if we were to exclude the authorization header from our request, we would expect a 401. And even though this is the same browser that made the request before, you have to remember that a JSON web token is stateless. So the server sees it and has to authenticate every request for the proper access. And so the equivalent curl command would look something like this, where we're making a post to our endpoint, the user token URI, and then we're passing in our nested JSON hash with the auth email and our password and then we're sending the content type to application json and here you'll see that it still responds with the web token and then we can make a request to get our current user so this is going to be at the endpoint users forward slash one and then we'll take our web token and then we'll just paste it into our authorization header right after our jwt you'll see that this responds back with our hash of our user information. And we can also reuse this web token. And if we call the second user, if you remember from our previous episode, the edit link will only display for the current user if it's equal to that user. So in the second request where we're getting the second user, you'll see that we do not have the edit link present. And then we can try to send our curl request to that endpoint but then let's leave out our web token and see the response that we get. So if we just send our curl request to the endpoint, you'll see that nothing is returned. However, if we add in the dash I, we can see the headers that's passed in, and then you'll see that we get a 401 unauthorized. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you for watching.